For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, a social media examiner production. I'm Eric Fisher. My co-host today is Kim Reynolds, and this is the show for marketers looking to stay on the leading edge of social media. We bring you the expert opinions about the relevant social media news and how it impacts you. On today's show, we're going to discuss Facebook's earning call and Zuckerberg's roadmap for the future, as well as some Snapchat creative tools. And our special guests are going to be Mari Smith and Jeff C. This show is brought to you by Social Media Marketing World 2019. Join 7,000 other marketers at the mega conference designed to inspire and empower you. Go to smmw19.com. Before we jump into our main segments, we're going to give you a little bit of news here that you need to know as a marketer to stay up on it. So first off, we've got some news about YouTube. Yeah. So YouTube announced via tweet that its premieres feature, which was announced back in June, is now available to all creators. So like with Facebook, Facebook's watch party and their own premiere feature, creators can invite fans to tune in via a new watch page and use live chat as they count down and watch their premiere together. Very cool. Yeah, it's a brand new feature. I've seen uh, actually a YouTuber out there doing a video about it. Uh, they didn't have some nice things to say about it, but I, th- I think oh. anyway. We'll get to that. Uh, LinkedIn then in the other video news uh, has uh, integrated Google campaign manager as well as Vimeo. So the Vimeo news here is that basically Vimeo side of things, they've announced a new feature that allows videos to be published directly to LinkedIn from uh, Vimeo. This means that basically you've got the ability to publish to LinkedIn and Vimeo is going to then provide creators with analytics about video viewership, engagement, performance stats, all that good kind of stuff. And then also Google Campaign Manager has new integration with LinkedIn that's going to offer marketers the opportunity to see ad performance alongside the rest of their paid media spend. So this is all very interesting, very cool Good news for you to keep up on if you're interested in the world of video when it comes to YouTube or LinkedIn. So take note. And by the way, you can always find the show notes for our episodes at socialmediaexaminer.com every Saturday. So if you ever want to dive deeper into anything specific that we talk about, find all the links that we mentioned. That's where you can find those. So we're going to jump into our main our first main segment here with our first guest. And there she is. It's the lovely Mari Smith. Welcome to the show, Mari. Hello. Greetings, friends. Always a joy to be here. Thanks for having me. It's awesome. So Mari is the queen of Facebook. She's one of the first and foremost experts on Facebook marketing and social media. She's been a speaker at Social Media Marketing World. And gosh, she's an on-demand speaker. So getting her here, 
it's a it's a complete win for us. So and we got lots to talk about. So this is going to be fun. Yeah. So Mari, there was first off an earnings call and they gave us a bunch of numbers, a bunch of numbers that if you stared at the graph, you'd go blind. And it's like, ah, what are we supposed to make of this? But but essentially in the the third quarter, uh, they noted that there's a bunch of different shifts in the way that they're approaching things from the newsfeed to stories to video to even consumer consumption of Facebook. We're going to get into all of that. But right up front, they revealed they've got 1.49 billion daily active users and 2.29 billion monthly and 2.6 billion active when they combine Facebook, Messenger, Instagram, and WhatsApp. So uh, did any of the numbers uh, when you looked at some of this stuff uh, stand out to you at all? Was there anything that you felt like, oh my gosh, this blew me away? I wouldn't say blew me away, Eric, but certainly of note is in the last quarter, Q2, the quarter that was reported uh, previously, uh, Zuckerberg and team mentioned that they began to report the collective users for, as you mentioned, the four, the main four in the family of apps, Facebook, Messenger, Instagram, WhatsApp. And what was heartening to me is to see that there has been an increase. It's up from 2.5 billion last quarter to 2.6 billion in uh, Q3. And uh, so that's great. That's good news. And and uh, there's also a decline, a slight decline of users in Europe, and that's expected with GDPR and the Cambridge Analytica, of course. And then there's a plateau with users in North America, which also is expected because there's only so many people in North America and you can't just keep growing and growing and growing. But the good news is that Facebook is actually growing in terms of users in more developing countries. And Mark Zuckerberg did mention that in his opening remarks. Yeah, very interesting. And and also, I mean, if you think about some of the other things that have been going on in the world of Facebook news these past, uh, you know, this during the course of this past year, whether it's the very beginning of the year with the news feed uh, things that they talked about or. Uh, you know, the different, the Cambridge, not Cambridge Analytica. Yes, the Cambridge Analytica. Duh. See, I'm, I, I keep getting GDPR mixed up with that, but it was all, all about the same time. Anyways, so yeah, you start factoring in all these different things and it's like, of course, you know, quote my, I'll quote myself and say, I personally see sometimes maybe people getting a little bit tired of Facebook. And, and actually Zuckerberg starts to address some of that in his own Facebook post, the one that he posted when it came to, um, you know, he starts to describe how they've been analyzing how people are using the site. So, and the insights there were pretty interesting. Well, Eric, so but basically he said, which which really struck me, and I listen, I've listened already t- a couple of times through to that call, and I've really actually downloaded Mark's entire transcript, highlighted it up, highlight marker. I did a Facebook Live on my page on Tuesday and, and really dug deep into some of these key points. I was very heartened to see Mark Zuckerberg right out the gate talk about three critical areas, and I was interested to see that he lumped together messaging and stories, and what he said is that we're seeing the way people connect shifting to private messaging and stories. Mm -hmm. And then he went on to say that what he's finding is that people feel more comfortable to be themselves when they know they're communicating with a smaller group 
and when their content won't stick around. I know we're going to get into that as, as we yes. as progresses here. But it, what I find fascinating about this, this particular opening remarks on this particular earnings call is that there was some insights. And uh, Mike Selzner and I were talking the other day, and he, he called it Read the Tea Leaves. He's like, can you come on and help <laughs> us read the tea leaves of what Mark Zuckerberg and team are saying? And so, you know, that's that's really what I want to help everybody here to understand is what is the focus of Facebook going into 29? What is working specifically for marketers? And what is not? What should we just let go of? So um, we can talk about that uh, today too. Yeah, let's definitely do that. So let's get into this. So let, let's specifically go to that area of um, the private messaging stuff or the yeah. decaying content stuff as he lumped them together with uh, Messenger and Stories. So was there anything there that really stuck out to you in terms of as marketers, we need to be aware of? Because I mean, but let's get into what he specifically said. He said that essentially, and the thing that really kind of makes me think is he even talks about this idea of Facebook moving from a news feed focus to a stories focus. And I mean, we're not there yet. Do you think we're going to get to that point? Oh, absolutely. We're almost, we're literally months away, literally months away. And to be clear, he did not say news feed moving to stories, like only you're, you're correct there, Eric, but he also said stories and news feed. So this has been, the writing's been on the wall, pun intended, for the longest time. That, that there is bound to be um, a run out, an ex- expiration, if you will, or a maxing out of ad inventory in the mobile feed, right? So about 90% or more of Facebook's 2.3 billion active users around the world utilize the platform, access, access the platform predominantly on their mobile devices. And so keep in mind that Facebook was always built as a desktop only. Then they had to add on mobile. Conversely, of course, Instagram has always been mobile and then they you know, added desktop. So what's happening is that Facebook, which I'm very heartened about, by the way, is that Facebook is really watching and listening and studying what people want. And they want more mobile and they want to hold their mobile vertical, not portrait. Mm-hmm. They want immersive. They want to strip away the distractions, just be fully immersed into what's happening right there. So stories is we have to give total credit, kudos, hat tip to Snapchat. They invented the concept of this full screen, vertical, immersive experience, storytelling, and especially the ephemeral part, the disappearing part. And they found that people perhaps more authentic, more, more real, are willing to share a lot more content when they knew it wasn't going to stick around, as Zuck said. And so, uh, as you know, over two years ago, Instagram copied that feature, blatantly copied it, and it <laughs> really took off. It was a, a great product. It's fun. I really enjoy using Instagram stories. Over on Facebook, it hasn't, he addressed this in their opening remarks, that it just hasn't taken off as well or as quickly. And... <laughs> Probably just because people are just used to the way that they use Facebook, right? They've used it for right. 10 years. And that we're just used to going through our feeds and our notifications. But I'm sure you all have noticed 
that now you're getting notifications saying, you know, so and so friend has viewed your story. And, and, and of course, now we have the really predominant, prominent placement of stories that used to be the little circles. And now they're like full on cards yeah. that are taking up a big part of the feed. So there's many things at play here. There's the concept of quick and easy micro content that's easy to create and easy to consume. On the top of that, there's what I call micro engagement. So micro engagement is tapping a sticker, voting in a poll, sliding the slider, answering a question that is brilliant micro engagement that brands and marketers want to be tuning into. The more, literally, I tell you, I, I'm sure you guys can all agree, we love touching our phones. That's what we do all day. We touch our phones, whether, you know, obviously you dictate using your Siri or whatever you have, but also just being able to interact with your phone. And so the, you know, good marketers you can see with their stories are including these interactive elements. And so this whole concept of like, it's, it's in our DNA. It's primal. Mm -hmm. It's primal. This desire to share stories, to be storytellers, to tell stories, but also to hear, to listen, to consume stories in that shorter con context. But it has ideally has an arc. There's a beginning, middle, and an end. And, you know, the best brands and businesses are, are creating stories and stories ads in that format. So, I, I mean, I remember Instagram didn't used to have stories, but now it has it. And it's become basically their most popular um, feature in, in a lot of ways. In, in fact, 400 uh, million. Daily yeah. Items, right. So, I mean, do we, I mean, in your opinion, and, and I may have a different opinion, but do you mm. really think that Facebook adding stories is going to overtake and become like the favorite way inside of Facebook or are people already well, I've already got enough of stories because I have Instagram. No, 100%. Facebook absolutely will dominate with stories. They will. They, they have, first of all, they have more than double the users on Instagram. And second of all, like I mentioned, you know, more than 90% of people are accessing on their mobile device. So now, and we saw just the other day that, that Facebook's experimenting with a double layout. So actually you're getting the, the row of cards now, the card size stories on the top of the Facebook mobile feed. And then below that, they're adding another row. And then you can even swipe yeah. them as a carousel. So it's like Facebook, they're so clever in, in leading us down a path that we don't even know we want to be let down, whether a user or a marketer. So we, Facebook's like, resistance is futile, right? We, we yeah. will get used to stories. And the more that the Facebook audience, which is maybe a little more mature than the Instagram audience, the more that they can understand, oh, actually, it's kind of easy to create this story content. And one of the things that's awesome about story content is that you don't like jam up the feed of your followers or friends or fans. You can put right. stories out every minute if you wanted to. And people can selectively choose tap, 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 or just let it automatically play. Or they can go, I'm done with this person or account, swipe onto the next one. And so, yeah, as a business person, as a marketer, you can be creating as much story content as you want. And now is the time to get into the early adopter ground floor place. It's way too early to say, oh, our story is really catching on. I mean, should we shift over there? Early adopters and smart marketers are absolutely embracing stories on both platforms 
of course. And, and also we should include Messenger in there because they're featuring on top of Messenger. And then you've got the new Messenger 4 coming out. Even though it's a stripped down, cleaner, simplified version, stories are still very prominent at the top of Messenger. And so yeah, going forward, I was, I was just going to say going forward, to finish that thought, it's about thinking about the ad products that we can put into there. Mm-hmm. Well, that was what I was going to say. So even though uh, <laughs> they redesigned Messenger, and I don't think of Stories being inside of Messenger, I was surprised to see that Stories, or is it what? It's Messenger Day. We just call it by its right name. Yeah. Um, that I was still surprised to see that in there when they announced yeah. the redesign. Uh, and again, it sounds like Mark is saying, hey, you will get used to stories because we aren't going to take them away. We're going to continue to make them more prominent in the app and you're going to get used to it. So, 100%. And the cool thing is many of your listeners here know here today, Eric and Kimberly, that even when you're using desktop, like most of us folks that, you know, run a business or have a job that we are at a desk, we use our desktop and mm-hmm. Facebook's made it extremely easy and obvious to simultaneously publish your wall content to a story on both your personal profile and your page. And they've now extended the character limit. So you could have a big long post and you can have multiple pictures and they're just going, hey, publish what you want. We're going to make sure you get it into stories no matter what. Uh, And now I'm seeing like the little circle, the blue circle around anybody's profile, anywhere you see them on Facebook. And if you tap that on mobile, boom, it pops up to their to their story, just like Instagram. Yeah. So in other words, big call to action here. If you're doing marketing on Facebook, if you're a marketer on Facebook in any way, pay attention to stories. That's the yeah. takeaway, right? Hey, can I add one more thought to yes. this? Because we talk about stories, storytelling, and I remembered um, I was actually taking some specific uh, notes. I don't remember where I put them now, but I know that off the top of my head, uh, along with the the um, the storytelling nature that that primal need that we have, being able to kind of drive as a business and marketer, drive people toward the end of a story and through multiple stories on Instagram or Facebook. That the other cool part is this concept of um, of having a progress bar. So everybody knows, right. most people that use stories, right? You see the data. If it's two stories, two wide dashes. If it's lots of micro stories. So you know how people take like surveys, like I know you guys do like Survey Monkey, or you have an opt-in page or something, right? And it'll say 50% complete. So it's like this psychological like, oh, okay, I can consume this much or I could go to completion or do you know what I mean? So I just, I love those little dashes at the top. I think that's one other element we need to pay attention to that, that, that helps with the consumption of content. Yeah, that's a great insight. That's a, it's almost like when you're watching a video and beforehand, if you didn't see how much, how long it was before you started, you've got that progress bar and you're like, oh, I'm at a minute and a half out of two minutes. I'll finish this. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. That's a very good insight. Go Sorry, ahead, Kim. Yeah, really- bring Really good question. Um, so do you think, Mari, do you think that they're de-emphasizing, that they're emphasizing stories to increase spontaneous content and decrease pre-scheduled content? Uh, I, I wouldn't say that. I don't, I don't think that they're decreasing pre-scheduled content. Facebook doesn't mind if you, if you, if you schedule your posts on your um, page, they have the native scheduler, they have even the introduced not long ago scheduling into groups. Um, mm-hmm. but, but they definitely are de-emphasizing, I would say, um, scheduled content through, through some apps. Now I hesitate. I say this with great caution because right. I have a lot of my app friends out there, but most people know that they actually remove the ability to schedule posts to personal profiles. 
So that mm-hmm. is not even an option anymore. So you can only do it to two uh, pages. But um, yeah, I see the question from Grace there. I just think that Facebook's going to do everything and anything they can to maximize the consumption. Well, the, first of all, the creation, but then also the consumption of stories because they basically run out of ad space and newsfeed. They have to create another place, another destination for eyeballs, for time on site, time on app, for uh, advertisers to be able to monetize. I see. I see the need for Facebook to create that additional placement for ads, but I hesitate to agree that the average user of Facebook is going to jump all in on stories. I see marketers doing it for sure because we've been trained to use stories. But I like I look at my husband who is much more of an organic Facebook user than I am. He's social for social sake. And he wants his content to stay out there. He doesn't want it to disappear. And I, I, and he doesn't look at it as creating content. All he's doing is sharing with his friends. So I I look at users like that and I think, are they really going to jump into stories like we've adopted them? Well, good point, Kimberly, because I I think the same like with my partner, Christopher, or my mom, like my mom doesn't even have a smartphone, which her husband does, but that's that's, he uses it for different purposes. But she's always on desktop. She just Mm -hmm. doesn't probably even ever, ever consume good stories, but she's not the market. right? Yeah, (laughs) we have to look at what is Facebook trying to do here? What they're trying to do is, is entice the younger demographic. So mm-hmm. younger kids, if you will, the certainly millennials uh, and Gen Z are, are more likely to be on Instagram. Of course, they're on Snapchat too. But then, you know, Facebook's always trying to come up with new ways, either inside the main Facebook app or they're working on new apps to, to really entice that up and coming demographic. They have to. Their future depends on it because as, you know, the Facebook audience matures, they got to bring in more youngers, you know. Well, and maybe they're trying to ease the transition from people on Instagram that are used to having stories, ease them into the transition into Facebook where they also have a stories feature. So, Correct. Yes. One of the other questions we've got is, can we expect to see the ability to boost stories in the future or is that already available? I don't think that's available yet. I wonder if they'll allow that or not. Love this question. Whoever asked that, and I love that line of thinking because I, I I would I would wager that the boost button is is fair game on anything inside of Facebook except <laughs> personal profiles. <laughs> Because uh, it, it is coming to groups. It's already in groups. And it's not that you're going to boost your post inside the group. You actually can boost it outside the group in a way to attract more group members. And that was actually another key point that Zuckerberg made in the opening remarks on Tuesday is this big emphasis on community. And you know what I found fascinating is that when he said community, he said community and groups. And then he began to kind of outlay all of the different components that he feels belong within community, which was marketplace, 800 million users in marketplace becoming the top place to buy cars online. And then he talked about the birthday fundraisers and what else? And the dating app, the dating app is coming. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I mean, even I bring up the dating app for marketers that like there'll be ads at the moment. Not yet, of course. But when the dating app rolls out this time next year, we'd all be going, well, you know, I placed ads in the dating app and they converted, you know, get the CPM for them. And, you know, so, <laughs> with stories in the dating app. I mean, there's just so many different yeah. ways. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Well, that kind of is a great segue to kind of move into this uh, one of the other aspects uh, or topics, main topics that Mark talked about in his post, which is communities. So I want to read through this really quickly if I can. 
especially especially because it's so specific. He says, if the last 10 years have been about friends and family, then the next 10 years will it be about, be about your communities as well. And he says, to clarify, when we say communities, we mean both helping people connect and people who share their interests and building specific services for bringing people closer together, like helping you find someone to date, find a job, buy or sell things, grow your small business, create an event, start fundraisers, bring together a group to volunteer and on and on and on. And I keep, I'm like, wait a second, this feels very much like the old AOL. So is, is Facebook trying to become the internet with all this? <laughs> I'll tell you what they're trying to become is China's WeChat. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Mobile. See, China's WeChat is like 500 apps in one. And Facebook will never get to that point, but they could get close with the family of apps. So you got the WhatsApp, Messenger, Instagram, Facebook, whatever else they do with Oculus, AR, it's going to be huge advertising and augmented reality, huge in 2019 and onwards, big, big growing trend. But what I particularly love, we haven't really touched on video yet, and I, I know yes, we're, we're that's next. Time here, but if we were to marry together what you just brought up, Eric, around community and how much Mark stressed that with video, what I find heartening is that Facebook is absolutely determined to not sacrifice community for just video. And, and this is the first time I ever heard Zuckerberg do this. We called out YouTube as their biggest competitor in the video space. And, uh, you know, I know there's a lot of schools of thought out there. And Mike and I were talking the other day, Mike Stelzner saying that, you know, YouTube is a lean back experience. Facebook, not yet, not so much. Some shows, maybe some not. But it's very early days in terms of video success and video for marketers and video ads and monetizing through videos. Very early days. Long way to go yet. And Facebook is willing to play the long game, the long tail game. And so long, in fact, Zach even mentioned this in his comments, so long as they can do it with the social layer, the social element. Fast forward from now, this is what I want marketers to really take away from this, this discussion here today, is you think about television and like the home shopping channel or QVC, so that you're sitting watching TV, you have your second screen, your phone or your laptop, your notebook, you want to make a purchase or you call, right? Back in the day, we'd have to call, call this number now. What Facebook will become is the fusion of the first and second screen fully seamless without leaving the app. And whether that happens on mobile or the desktop or the new hardware, the developing television hardware or the new portal in-home device, I'm sure it's not really going to take off. It'll take a while, but it will eventually take off. Then what you have is the ability to do what exactly you guys are doing right here, right now streaming live to Facebook. I know you use Crowdcast and you're going other places too. And you would literally say to people, go ahead and click this button right here and buy now. We're getting this special discount, you know, blah, 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 whatever you want to do with your special offer. You got a little countdown timer. It's all within the app, even on mobile. People press that button. They've checked out, they've got their credit card. They carry on watching your live the whole time. And that is going to absolutely transform, certainly retail, certainly B2C, but I also see it with a significant impact on B2B and uh, service-oriented businesses as well. Yeah. Um, Brenda White had a great question here. She says, how will communities differ from groups? I actually think that community is a, is a word that they're using as an overarching word, right, for 
these different connecting points and that groups falls underneath that. It's not a substitute for that. Is that what you hear from what he's saying? I definitely do, Eric. And and what again, like reading the tea leaves, you're bringing up a good point here, and uh, Brenda as well. That that Zuck even said, like where there's a community at large of 2.3 billion people, the possibilities are endless, right? So he's tapping in with this dating, this romance. They saw that a lot of people were using Facebook as a dating app anyway. So like, yes. oh, why don't we just pull that <laughs> out and make that out? What else could there be? Right. Obviously, they're shopping and shopping is really big on Instagram. We'll continue to grow on both Facebook and Messenger with Messenger automation and everything that's coming on. IGTV is yet to even be built out. Uh, but the whole community aspect of, of what else would the community want and need? You know, finance, real estate, you name it, anything that could be done, ordering things. I mean, look at there's a great video out there. I think it came out a couple of years ago. Uh, from the New York Times, and it was a beautiful video documentary showing the power of China's WeChat. And, mm-hmm. and so people have a concept of what that app does. They can see kind of the writing on the wall where, where Facebook's kind of getting their ideas, you know? Yeah. Well, this, this opens up another question here from Sai, and he's wondering, he says, um, Mari, do you think Facebook will break out more use case specific apps for groups, video and others, or will they keep it all within the same app? Okay, I love this question. And it does depend. That's a difficult uh, difficult one to really give a succinct answer to. I think so long as Facebook sees like a burgeoning group of users that's really on a growing trend, like Marketplace. I mean, they might at some point pull out Marketplace and make it a separate app. What, what Zuckerberg has said for years is when one of their apps reaches a billion, right? An app or a product reaches a billion users, then they step in and start to, to, to monetize. Obviously, they're thinking about it long before then. But, but given, given that he literally stated on Tuesday that uh, Marketplace now has 800 million users, so there may be many, many apps, features, products that are pulled out. Keep in mind that with groups, they did pull out groups and, and there wasn't enough people using it. People like to have their groups integrated because again, it's with that seamless communication and that if you message someone and then you know, they have a nice seamless integration between messenger and the main app remember when they pulled messenger out i was so no. we were all up in arms like nobody really wanted a separate app for messenger but then we got used to it and it's you know it's more stable so we'll see we'll see i'll bet you they will have i guess they probably have all kinds of other apps up their sleeves yeah. well let's let's dive into video a little bit i have actually a, an idea though i mean i wonder if if there was a Facebook watch standalone app, yes. would I use that more? And I think I I potentially would. I mean, one of the things that I wish that Facebook would do, especially to go along with what they're talking about in their in some of the things that Mark says about video, which I'll get to in a second, is I would love for them to beef up or make more streamlined their Facebook watch Apple TV app, because then Say I'm going throughout my day on Facebook and I say, ooh, that's a great video, Mark as save. That's another great video, Mark as save, because I don't have time to watch it now, but I want to give it full attention later when I lean back, to use that phrase again, when and I want to show my my kids the video. Ooh, here's a cool video on Facebook. I'll show it to them later, not on my phone by handing it up, but like by showing it on the TV, you know, and making it a communal experience that way. So... I love that. I love yeah. that. You're absolutely right, Eric. And this is where Facebook's really good at at studying user experience is one thing, but rather than pushing it out to us and say, hey, get used to this, 
they they have enormous number of groups, study groups, small groups, think tanks that give them feedback that actually are immersed in the potential user experience and are providing all kinds of feedback and ideas. And you're absolutely right. That is certainly one uh, app that could be pulled out. At the moment, I, I was really surprised, actually, that Facebook left Watch, the Watch platform, in the U.S. only for over a year. They mm -hmm. only just opened it up worldwide. And it was funny how I thought it was going to go into other countries, but they just literally flipped a switch and was like, okay, it's now available worldwide. And we're like, what took you so long? But then uh, Zuck just said on Tuesday there that, as you, as you probably know, that Watch has grown 3x in the last few months. Yes. Now then, there's a couple of reasons. He said in the US alone, to be clear, it wasn't necessarily because they made it worldwide, but maybe it was. But uh, what I've seen that has contributed to the growth is not necessarily the number of new, brilliant, you know, engaging shows. It's that they're surfacing videos and they can now be found and seen and watched and you know, bookmarked and whatever inside of Watch. Um, I, I'm not a big consumer of watch myself yet. I just recently began to tune in to uh, Jada Pinkett Smith's Red Table Talk. And I got to share this funny story with you because I'm on, oftentimes I'm on Instagram in between my day, right? So just, it's really easy to flip through Instagram. And I love following Oprah, for example. <laughs> and Oprah's team does a really <laughs> good job with her wall posts and her stories. They're so well crafted. She's a great one to study. And I saw this picture of uh, Will Smith and his wife, whose show it is, and it's their daughter and his mother-in-law. And it was uh, they had brought Will Smith on for the show, and it, they were talking about their relationship. Well, that really piqued my interest. So I'm looking at Oprah, and I'm tapping through, and I'm go through, and I go find the watch show, and I'm like, I watched the whole thing, and I'm waiting for part two. So that was so well done. It was like 28 minutes. And so that, and obviously people don't have that kind of budget, you know, Facebook's working with them, helping them. But I just see that the reason I share that story is I think, again, as marketers, we're going to see a little bit more like integration and catch people where they are. If they're watching an Instagram story and you have something really interesting to drive them to over on watch or IGTV or whatever it might be, hook them into your, your messenger bot, uh, then, you know, that's the way you just reach them in all these different ways. Well, and it was very interesting to hear Mark, again, like you said earlier, name YouTube for basically the very first time as a competitor and say that they are winning, that YouTube is yes. winning. And to, to, for, him, for him to actually say that and then come in and say, so, but we've studied our stuff and, you know, and let's get into this. He basically says that what they found is that when people seek out a video experience yeah. intentionally, which is what people do natively on YouTube and have for a decade now plus, uh, it doesn't displace social interactions as much, he says, and that the quality of the experience is generally higher. So. What they're doing, and to quote him again, he says, we're building experiences that help creators build communities around their content, which fits their mission and their focus to encourage meaningful interactions. There's that meaningful interactions phrase again there, too. 100%. 100%. So what, something that I think not a lot of people know or realize is that some time ago, maybe within the last two years, Facebook had hired a person on staff whose sole job was to track sentiment. And they were tracking the sentiment of how people at large felt about Mark Zuckerberg and Sheryl Sandberg on Facebook itself and a few other aspects. And I know that that contributed dramatically 
to, along with everything else that was happening and, and the challenges, and obviously then the Cambridge Analytica blew up. But right out the gate in the January of this year, when Mark Zuckerberg said, you know, his mission this year is to, quote, fix Facebook and to get back to meaningful social interaction, to get back to creating whatever they could, whatever products they could to create relationships, community, connection, not just likes and loves and you know, one one tap interaction, which of course we do in stories, but, but dialoguing, meaningful dialogues. And so that is actually something that's very, very heartening to, to see them weaving in the social layer which YouTube does not have. And we have to keep in mind that YouTube is only a video platform. Facebook has always been a social network and always will be. Now they're adding all of these other components on, on yeah. below that social layer, right? And of course- Yeah, YouTube, plus, YouTube's trying to catch up to the social stuff that Facebook has mm-hmm. with their stories and their commenting systems and all of that. Whereas Facebook's trying to catch up with the video side of things and, right. and not have that take out the social component, right? Exactly. And it may be that Facebook doesn't necessarily catch up per se, well, maybe in terms of viewers and watch time and all that, but that they create a new experience, a new kind of experience that really was these these funded shows. And uh, But it's just, again, it's early days yet. I think we really have to study what our individual audiences want, you know, mm-hmm. look at your own metrics. I know you guys guys did that recently and just make make the, the adjustments that work for you. Um, for me, what I love about video is no matter how much time people watch, three seconds obviously is just the autoplay. Most people do three seconds, but if you can get ten, a minimum 10 seconds or more, that is a wonderful custom engagement audience or custom audience for retargeting with different content and getting people to know, like, and trust you through regular video content and a full-on integrated retargeting campaign that's not just about, oh, I hope they watch this till the end. It's more about just getting people to constantly see you top of mind awareness and then leading them down a path to take action. You know, but that's, I mean, that's his business as marketers, right? Social media uh, example for businesses. Obviously, it's a whole different story for entertainment, right? When I get to the end of watching Red Table Talk, I'm not going to sign up for Jada's newsletter or something, you know? (laughs) But they do have a group. I thought it was really clever. They actually have a connected group, a very active group that, uh, so not, there's that community layer, see? And you cannot do that on YouTube. Yeah, I'm watching a show on YouTube and then then where do I go? Where do I go to talk about it? I leave a comment, but it's the comments are just rubbish in, in YouTube. I'm sorry, but most of them just are. <laughs> right. So so if we were to take big picture, uh, kind of to sum up here in closing on on all of this, as a marketer, again, stories, be aware of stories, inter- integrate and interact in all those different community aspects that fell under that umbrella, as well as the video component. Is there any thought that you have that overarching like ties those together as a marketer? Sure. I mean, absolutely. I love to repurpose. I think repurpose, multi-purpose. So when you're producing your video content, especially for us ladies, when you're camera ready, thinking about batching, batching and repurposing and always thinking strategically and adding in calls to action unless it's just for brand awareness. So you're producing your video content, you're making it fun and engaging and interactive. And then Facebook has actually added a whole layer of interactivity. They've got those polls and the gamification features on live. And just yesterday, I saw that the polls have now rolled out to 
all videos and you can put multiple polls in anywhere on your timeline of your video after the fact or if it's an uploaded video all of that is around interaction and getting people to stay retained viewership and so on and so forth so really keeping your videos with a uh, top of mind of the strategic endpoint that you want to create with that, even if it's to get the retargeted engagement audience, weaving that into your stories, using your stories to drive people to your long form content, as well as to engage and inspire and let people know who you are. And then let's not forget Messenger because that is a massively key component. And of course, I know you have viewers around the world and your audience is global as well as mine, that we have to also as marketers be really keeping an eye on WhatsApp. So if you are outside the U.S. or your customers are outside the U.S., now is the time to start planning out your WhatsApp marketing strategy whilst it's still fresh and new and you can do ads in their uh, WhatsApp status, similar to uh, placing ads you know, in Messenger and then hooking up your chatbot. It's a lot. Here's the thing. I have to give a plug here because this is a lot and it can be overwhelming. Well, we'll we're better to get training than social media marketing world. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Woohoo. There you go. Well done. SMMW19.com. <laughs> there you go. Find us there. So other than seeing you at Social Media Marketing World, Mari, where can people find you online and interact with you and continue to connect with you and your community? You bet. Thanks so much. So my Facebook page is Mari Smith, at Mari Smith, the one with the blue check, at Mari Smith anywhere except Instagram, Mari underscore Smith. And then I have a special video success kit that I'm offering. It's just Mari Smith dot com forward slash video kit it's a wonderful free training to really up your video production people always ask me what camera do you use what lights what microphone so i have all yeah. the information for them there very cool mari thank you so much hopefully you can come back on soon if there's some more yeah. great facebook breaking news and we can pick it apart and figure out what we can read the tea leaves read the there tea you leaves, go yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll think it's a mugs made <laughs> yes <laughs> awesome guys Thanks, Mari. See you soon. Thank you, Mari. Bye, friend. Bye. That's awesome. Always glad to have her. We'll pull up our next guest here in a second. But, you know, she already made the plug for Social Media Marketing World. I'll just say it again here real quick that, again, you can see her and many other people at Social Media Marketing World. In fact, 7,000 other people, other fellow marketers at the mega conference, Social Media Marketing World 2019. And you can find out more at smmw19.com. And we're going to have a blast. We seriously will have a blast. And oh, yeah. uh, one of the people that I have always have a blast with um, there at the conference is Jeff C. And you got it to work. See, I was going to do it and I wasn't going to. <laughs> I was going to chance it. So, um, Jeff, uh, yes. I mean. Uh, <laughs> That's really Senior. cool. Senior. <laughs> oh, it's so good. So you're you the, the listeners are like, what's what's all the laughter about? Well, yeah. Jeff has jumped on camera here live with the new snap camera. And I was going to use it. But I said, I'm not going to test uh, put Crowdcast to the test today when we got a live show. So I'm glad. Well, you I, did got, it. I got on, I got on early and played with it. So yeah. I do want to do this one because um, this is what happened when when Stelzner said, you know, live video is dead. I was like, my eyes like bugged out and I just kind of went. <laughs> oh, so anyway, that's I had to do that yeah. anyway. But uh, yes, we're talking about Snapchat um, new desktop version of yes. their. Um, and it's very, very cool. And I, I mean, I didn't think it was going to work for um, 
for the uh, for this for the show. But yeah. it, it's pretty much any web based thing you can do this on. So let's break this down. Um, so if you want to get started with this new desktop snap camera app, um, you can go to snapcamera.com, uh, snapcamera.snapchat.com. And they have a Mac version and an iOS version. And I mean, and, uh, and a, I mean, a PC version. Yeah, because it's and, all desktop. Uh, it's all desktop. And it's really strange because it, it, there's no standalone app. You can't like take a picture with the app or anything. It's just overlaying with your webcam thousands and thousands of filters that they have on there. So you can do all sorts of cool things. Um, I, I saw some people who are doing it with Ecamm. Um, so you can, and it works with Crowdcast. I did, I was able to go in with Facebook Live and actually do it when you, if you use the Facebook Live camera. So you can actually do Facebook Live with these. So it's running over here on the side uh, and I can just select whatever camera I want. And then you can set up like uh, with special keystrokes, you can actually bring stuff on screen. Special lenses have different things that you can do with them. And so it's very, very cool. Um, and it's got your, you know, your standard ones that things happen when you, yeah. when you move your face. So it's very, very cool. Um, and like I said, it has thousands of lenses. Um, you can create your own lens using their lens creator if you want. And we'll get to that in a second. So let me run through really quick the, the ways you can use this. You can use it with uh, Skype, Google Hangouts, YouTube, OBS, uh, Facebook Live, Crowdcast. The only one that's not, uh, they didn't, they tried and couldn't get was FaceTime. Go figure. Apple oh, has it locked down. Yeah, yeah, Apple has it locked down pretty hard. Um, and the other th really cool thing is if you're a Twitch uh, broadcaster, it actually comes with special features. So it even has a, a, a special Twitch function. Um, they have like game themes that they can use for like League of Legends, Overwatch, World of Warcraft. Um, and the thing is, is when you're streaming, like if you're a game streamer and you, and you um, are using Twitch to stream it with, you can actually, when people see the, the lens you're using, they actually have the QR snap code that comes up and they can follow, uh, if you created that lens, they can follow you that way. And so um, also you can actually trigger it. Like if somebody subscribes to you, you can have it come on and it will actually put a, a, a filter on you. So, you know, it's kind of one of those gamification things. So yeah. it's really, really pretty cool. Yeah, th this, I'll be honest. I think this is my favorite thing that snap the company has ever right. done like Snapchat. Right. Yeah. Fine. Cool. Whatever. The, these video, uh, I mean, lens, let's just call them lenses, augmented reality yeah. lenses, I guess. It, it, it's my favorite thing. It's my favorite thing they've done. This is incredibly creative. It's incredibly, uh, innovative for them to take what is debatably one of the best pieces of right. Snapchat and bring it out to the desktop and to the public. And I mean, I'm serious. There are thousands of them. I mean, you can do all sorts of cool things. Um, I mean, there's, I mean, I was just scrolling through. I'm, I'm literally, they have a search feature. So you can actually search the different, um, the different lenses yeah. that you have. I mean, there's yeah. just, a, I mean, people were using them on, it rolled out kind of yesterday or the day before uh, for kind of Halloween and people were playing with it there, but there's just tons of them. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's not, it makes, you know, the poop head, I'm going to do this for Joel Calm because he does this all the time. Um, but just cool <laughs> stuff that you can do and you can have a lot of fun. And so I agree with you that I believe that this is the smartest thing Snap has done. And I can see them doing this in the future. 
is becoming almost, well, they said they're a camera company and this fits right yeah. into their mission statement. And um, the, the, the real, it's really interesting that they're doing this play because when people use these lenses, it doesn't count for their like um, user growth or like it doesn't count as a, a, an active user. So it doesn't help them with their numbers at all. So it's just kind of an interesting play. So I have a feeling this is just me talking that I think that they're going to probably uh, continue to innovate this space. And, you know, they'll probably still have Snapchat, but um, that they'll do more cool stuff like this and then allow it. I mean, this is open for everybody. I mean, that you can yeah. use this on Facebook Live and all sorts of other things. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. I mean, we I mean, basically in any place where you can be public and it's video. Right. Or private in its video, for that matter. I don't know what right. I'm saying. Public only. It's private too. Like to be able to have this and be able to switch through it and use it. It's it's. I mean, really good move on Snapchat's part. But that's yeah, not even yeah. that's not even all of what they've done. There's also some stuff that's inside of Snapchat with their lenses right. in the app that uh, we can right. talk about for a minute here too. So yeah. So like I mentioned before, you can create your own lens, and so like over 250,000 community lenses have been submitted. So. The, through their lens studio. And that's where you go to create your own lens. Uh, and they only launched this like last December. And these lenses have been used, uh, been viewed like over a billion times. So people love to play with these. And so now they've added some new tools with this lens creator, some new lens options. So here's kind of like the four kind of things that break down. Uh, they have segmentation, which you can replace portion of the camera with an image, a tiled image, or uh, like post effects coloring. I've even seen some people with a green screen where they can actually change the background. There, are, you know, they have the face image picker, so you can actually select a a photo from your camera roll and attach it to a world object. So they had an example of a guy riding by on a bicycle, and you could put I could put Eric Fisher's face on it and have it go by and record it. You could just do some fun stuff. Um, Marker is another one where you can build experiences like tied to a specific image and adding kind of like a diff, a, a, a a greater level of detail to the lens and then a marker with snap code, which if somebody has a special snap code, it can unlock a marker or an experience directly from that snap code. So it's very, very cool there. They showed some stuff even with a pizza box, like looks like it was coming out of a table where you, you point the lens because not all these lenses are lenses that go on you. They're, they're really mm -hmm. going into the AR stuff, the augmented reality where you can point it at something and something pops up. Uh, they had this example of this pizza box that opened and then a snap code came out. And so, I mean, and people are making these lenses. There's a reason that 250,000 lenses have been submitted because if you like that lens, you go to that account and you can follow them. And it, so it kind of has this virality effect to it. So it's this is something marketers probably need to look at because of just that aspect. And also the cool things you could do for branding. I mean, you yeah. could... You know, I think we could, okay, let's create a scout one and do some fun stuff with that. What could we do with an augmented reality scout? Or what could we do? Um, a friend of mine actually is a graphic designer and he created a poster because it's just a cool poster for, he does movie posters. But when you hold up the uh, augmented reality camera, it like does all this really cool stuff. He actually did the posters for, um, oh gosh. Anyway, it's one of those funny, fun horror movies from the eighties. The but uh so it, it actually moves. So there's all sorts of things that marketers can do with this kind of technology. And I'm really excited to see where Snap's going next. I'm I'm excited too. I, and I didn't think I was going to, at first I thought when they talked about this new cat lens thing, I'm like, what? <laughs> and then funny. I, 
saw what it was and I said, okay, so it's not it, just a cat lens per se. Well, they do, they do have cat lenses, but yes. so last November, Snapchat added the ability to recognize objects in a user snaps, things like food or sports or pets, uh, like specific locations, like if you're on a beach or something, uh, and they would recommend filters or stickers based on the objects you know, that, that, that the camera kind of figured out. Snapchat released a new feature called cat lenses. So this is for you. Alley, okay, uh, which lets you add <laughs> filters to your favorite feline's face. So you could put, you could share a, a filter with your favorite feline. I, I feel that dogs are being left out um, on this. See, and hopefully they'll come and, out and what I, I, the way I'm taking this is, okay, they're starting with cat lenses, but they're going to roll it out to not just be dogs, but it'll be humans. And to be able to have those things actually stay, you know, I mean, what, right. what we're looking at here for people listening. It looks after real this, though. It looks like a cat and toast. It looks like so. a real piece of toast with a circle cut out the middle that is then framed on of the cat's face who's staring at the person using this cat lens. Like, really? Really? Right. I'm toast cat. Yeah. So, but <laughs> I can you imagine... Cat. Can you imagine where we're going to go next with some of this stuff? Uh, because again, that that piece of toast, if that if this wasn't a, a static image, it was a video. That piece of toast is going to move right along with that right, cat's face, right. and so anyway, it, it, we're getting this stuff is right. incredibly fun and creative and inspiring, and I love looking yeah. at it, even though I'm not a huge Snapchat person. All of this stuff you know, today that we're talking about makes me excited for Snapchat. Yeah, you know, I think enough. back. Yeah, I think back to, you know, Chocolate Johnny is one of my favorite examples where he would create characters with filters and do stories that way. And we know, yes. you know, Chocolate Johnny is a great account to follow. But I could see somebody who's like could actually do a whole show in different characters using just lenses. I mean, we've had shows where people have used like uh, Halo characters from a video game to create content and a show and a, you know, actual movie. And so I could see people actually using some of these lenses in creative ways and marketers could get behind this and, and really take it to the next level. So, yeah. So who would have thought that we'd be talking right. about Facebook and Snapchat today. And I, know. I, I don't know, dude, like weird right. times, strange times. Our right, foot at we, the circle K. Oh, we, we, we'll be very angry if you don't go to social media marketing world. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. So good. So yeah, if you, by the way, if you're listening to this, you really do need to go over and check out the, the video over at social media examiner.com. Yeah. And uh, jump ahead to this point in time in the replay and take a look because some of the stuff that we did, it's, it's really cool. And so, again, where we can find this, uh, where was it again? Snapcamera.snapchat.com. Right. 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 Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah. yeah. So let me double check on that. But yes, at snapcamera.snapchat.com. Yeah. So go there. Perfect. And it's, and, and and it's it really, free. Um, you, yeah, it's free. There's tons of lenses you can. Some of them are, you know, you could tell somebody, you know, somebody just made it in their basement when they're bored, but other people, I mean, there's some really professional ones and there's a search feature. So there's all sorts of things. Um, yeah. So go check it out. It's really cool. Um, and you might want to reboot your computer because for some reason it wasn't like working on some of these, uh, uh, programs until I rebooted and it kind of like recognized it. So that's one of the things that you want to make sure that you do as well. Yeah. Cool. All right, Jeff, uh, where can people find you when they're not seeing you here on our stuff? Well, they can always find find me at manlypinteresttips.com. We're always adding testosterone one pin at a time. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. Senior. Yes. 
Uh, so like he said, we'll be mad if we don't see you at Social Media Marketing World, but so will everybody else because they will miss you and we will miss you too. But you can still make sure you're, you're there by going to smmw19.com. That's our show. Like I said, you can find the links, the details, notes, videos, insights, links. Every, I know I said links. You can find all the links. Cat toast. There you, go. You, can cat find, toast. you can find Cat Toast or Toast Cat uh, over at socialmediaexaminer.com. Uh, every Saturday, you'll find the show notes for this episode. Special thanks to Jeff C. for handling the simulcasts and dressing up in all his crazy outfits. Uh, Grace Duffy, our show producer, who is super amazing, awesome. Uh, Kim for being co-host. And uh, again, if you're not watching this show live, you can join us every week. Socialmediaexaminer.com slash live show. Going there will help you get this calendar. Sorry, get this show on your calendar. But also, if you're not watching live or if you are watching live and you want to take us with you as a podcast, you can do that. Go to iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. We have new episodes dropping every Monday. And uh, either way you're consuming this content, share it. We want somebody else to know about the awesomeness that is happening with the news each week in social media and uh, being able to bring these experts to you and talk about this stuff. So if you're watching live, if you're listening as a podcast, either way, share it with someone you know, and uh, we will see you next week for our next episode. And have a great weekend. Have a great uh, time this week resting and having a fun time marketing. We'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.